Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are tuning in to KCNR Radio, and you're going to listen to my show called Therapy in a Nutshell. KCNR, your talk radio, 96.5 FM and 1460 AM. You're welcome to call in. This is a live show. If you've got something to say, you can call at area code 530-605-4567. All right, today we're going to be talking about something that I see in my 30-plus years of private practice as a marriage family therapist in Northern California. I have seen this phenomenon all across the board in different kind of relationships. I've seen it in uh, romantic relationships. I've seen it in parent-child with uh, employers and employees, with friends, with family, and it's a phenomenon that I call love withdrawal. So today we're going to talk about just what is love withdrawal, how do people use it in relationships, what are some of the reasons that people do love withdrawal, what does it look like, what does it feel like, and I want to teach you some ways to not do love withdrawal if it's you that does it. And if it's somebody that does it to you in one of your relationships, I want to teach you how to deal with it. So uh, let's talk about first off, what is love withdrawal? Love Love withdrawal is kind of a form of emotional blackmail. It's where a person either threatens to or actually does remove their love from you or from another person. Uh, The love withdrawal, to to be hurtful or painful or to be a crisis, it has to be a relationship that means something to you. You know, think about it. If the grocery store clerk that you don't even know stopped talking to you and uh, gave you the cold shoulder, you might think, well, I wonder what's up with that person. But it isn't going to create a crisis in your life. So love withdrawal is when somebody you care about turns away from you. And what does that turning away from you look like? It can look like the silent treatment, the cold shoulder. It can look like uh, walking away, walking out of the room. It uh, sometimes is refusing to call you or show up. Um, But it's, it's the silence of refusing to deal with something that's going on. So the the person often uh, looks upset, looks angry, uh, feels hostile. And there's often another component to love withdrawal. The person who's being withdrawn from will say, what's the matter? And you often hear nothing. Uh, Are you mad at me? No. Is something going on? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. And that refusal to even admit that something's going on can be a little bit crazy making. So I know this happens all over the place in relationships. So a bunch of you are sitting there shaking your heads going, yep. That's what my spouse does. That's what my girlfriend does. That's what my boss does to me when he's ticked off at something that didn't go how he wanted. I Pick the relationship where the person does love withdrawal and stop and think, when was the last time it happened? People that use love withdrawal as what they think is a communication technique are often trying to manipulate to have their way. It isn't often based because they are mean or evil or horrid people, it's usually because they have no other skills in their tool basket to pull out and try and utilize for good communication. So love withdrawal becomes their attempt to get their way, an attempt to manipulate the person into following what they want to do. It also can be an attempt to avoid conflict. 
if I tell you that I'm upset and I speak about it, then I'm going to create a fight and I can't handle the conflict. I can't handle the fight. So love withdrawal to some people feels like that's what they're supposed to do or they're doing something better than picking a fight. So love withdrawal ends up being this manipulation and this hurtful, painful thing that actually can destroy relationships, not make it better. So if you've experienced love withdrawal and you want to call in, the question I would ask you right now is, don't tell me the whole story about how somebody did love withdrawal to you. Call in and give us a couple words of what love withdrawal looks like to you. Like you might call in and say, uh, my husband just stops talking to me, storms off, pouts, won't talk to me for hours, days, whatever. Tell us what love withdrawal looks like for you. It's area code 530-605-4567. You don't have to be on the air. You don't have to say your name. You can even just tell my producer, Jared, my person does love withdrawal like this. And give us a few words so we can share it with other readers, so they, or listeners, so they know that they're not alone out there. All right. So why do people do love withdrawal? That's what's interesting. There, it's an attempt to communicate, however dysfunctional it is, or it's attempt to control. Sometimes it's both. The emotional pain that they're feeling, they don't know how to communicate, the person that's doing the love withdrawal. So they have what I call as a wobbly. In, in England and the UK, they call a temper tantrum a wobbly. And I just love that word because it's like wobble, wobble, wobble. So they have a wobbly. They don't want to talk. They don't want to communicate. They want you to see that they're mad. They want to get their way. They're trying to avoid a fight, and they go silent, storm off, pout, refuse to talk, uh, walk out of the room when you walk in. So it is a powerful form of manipulation, and many people succumb to it. We're going to talk about why people succumb to it sometimes. But the love withdrawal is based on a feeling that a trust has been violated. The person who does the silent treatment, who turns it back and does the love withdrawal, often feels like someone has hurt them first. You've broken a trust or you've hurt their feelings or you've done something wrong. Parents sometimes use it with kids to try and keep them from doing bad behaviors. Uh, spouses do it with um, their partners to try and manipulate and get their way or to prove that they've been hurt. So, it's a violation of trust on some level, and you have to understand what, how your trust has been broken in order to talk about it. We're going to discuss that more toward the end of the show. Uh, when, it's, when it's trying to manipulate other people, it, it's often unconscious. So many people that I see that do love withdrawal aren't trying to be mean and aren't trying to hurt someone else. They're desperately trying to function in their own pain and their own world. But the love withdrawal as they pull away from somebody else creates a fear in the person that they're pulling away from. And that fear is the fear of rejection and abandonment. So at first, someone else will, be go, will say, oh, fine, just be silent. Just walk away. Just don't talk to me. But as time goes on and the silence continues, the love withdrawal continues, the fear grows greater and greater that they're going to reject you or abandon you. or they are, It feels like they already are. So many people who feel like they are victims of another person's love withdrawal will start to 
tap dance. That's kind of the thing I have for it in my head. They start posturing with, oh, I'm sorry, and and groveling and um, saying, come on, let's just get over it. And, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. You're right. It's all my fault. And they start tap dancing to try and end the silence and end the love withdrawal because the pain of the pulling away from the person is greater than the pain of trying to grovel and own something that maybe wasn't even yours to begin with. So it's a a manipulative thing to try and get people to see that you're upset and to, for you to win and for you to sway their behavior. Now there are some people that do love withdrawal because they're simply very narcissistic. It's all about them. They are always right. They're arrogant. They feel that if you don't agree with them, then they're just going to turn away from you, pull away, shut up, and make you pay. So at times it is um, mean. It can be downright evil, but most people aren't evil. They're just trying to survive in the world. So a, a person who's really full of themselves, like a narcissistic personality, will want to win any situation at almost any cost. All right, we're going to take a break in just a little bit here, just a second. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about what love withdrawal looks like, that dance of intimacy between two people of when the love is close and when the love is pulled away. I want to help you identify it, understand what's happening in your life, and then give you some tools to work with it in a more healthy way. So we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are listening to the incredibly beautiful Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis. This is from his CD called Freedom's Hope, and it is the track called Hope. We thought that was a great one to play because we're hoping that as you learn more about love withdrawal, our topic for today, that you get some hope that you can put some healthy stuff into your relationships. So we're talking about love withdrawal. And the first segment, we talked about what is love withdrawal and how do people do it. So let's talk about love withdrawal in intimate relationships. This is your spouse, your significant other. Um, And what I see happen so often is part of the love withdrawal is this thing I call the dance of intimacy. And that is where you kind of feel like a yo-yo. The person pulls in, is close to you. And then they can be frightened by too much intimacy, um, fear of being too close, fear of getting hurt, fear of rejection, um, and they don't know what to do with that. So they will often pull away. So you're standing, picture this, you're standing next to them, and then they pull way far away, and you're like, where are you going? What's the matter? Why would you pull away? And so then you kind of chase after them, and then you feel kind of dumb for chasing after them and trying to bring them back. And at some point, they turn around and come back to you, and you're like, oh, okay, this is good. But it leaves you feeling kind of angry and resentful, so you pull away. And then they're going, well, what's the matter? Why are you upset? And then they chase after you. So picture that you're kind of yo-yoing back and forth, and sometimes you're close and sometimes you're far away, and you, you don't understand exactly why you're close or why they pulled away or what they're afraid of. And when you ask what's wrong, they say, nothing. I was just busy, or 
uh, I meant to call you, but I, I got tied up at work. Or they do something that makes you feel like they have disconnected. Now, let's be careful here, because sometimes people fear, <clears throat> they fear that love withdrawal is happening, and they're being too needy or wanting something instantly. Like they text somebody they're dating, and when they don't get an absolute instant response, they go, oh, they're pulling away, and they get afraid. And they're doing love withdrawal. When actually, they just can't text you back for a while. So, so you have to remember, there's a balance here. So the love withdrawal we're talking about, though, is when somebody kind of does this dance where they're close and they get far away, they love you, they don't love you, now they love you more, now they're pulling away, and you feel like it's crazy-making in your relationship. That is this dance of intimacy, and it includes an entire segment of pulling away, stopping loving, and withdrawing from that person. So it's a form of love withdrawal. And the other person often feels manipulated and scared and ends up being angry and resentful. So the love withdrawal actually harms a relationship when you're doing that. What I like to teach people when they're in a relationship where love withdrawal is happening and the dance of intimacy is occurring all the time is I teach them to stand still. And it sounds simple, but it's really profound. So I want you to picture your in a relationship with somebody, and something happens, they get mad, or they get afraid of being too close, or afraid of intimacy, or afraid of commitment, and they pull away, and they do love withdrawal. Instead of you chasing after them and saying, what's the matter, and come back, and let's talk about this, and and you having a wobbly, or crying, and screaming, and what's going on, stand still. Just wait. Because when the person runs away and turns around and sees that you're not chasing them, they usually will turn around and come back. And at that point, what you want to do is you want to talk about what's happening. And that is the behavior of what's happening, not the subject of what's happening. Look at the difference between they come back and, and you say to them, look, you, you pulled away, you disappeared, you didn't talk to me about what's going on. And that kind of behavior is very hurtful. That's calling the love withdrawal out on the table, calling the behavior of the love withdrawal. Now, picture that being different. Then you look at them and say, oh, what were you mad at me about? And why did you do that? And what were you feeling? And, and what made you so mad? That's the what happened. We're talking about how it happened. I like to teach people in any kind of relationship, whether it's uh, parent-child, spouses, significant others, your boss, whatever, that there are two important components of communication. The first component is the content. That's the what. And in this situation, it would be what were they mad at? Why did they pull away? What were they feeling? What was scaring them? And then the other component of good communication is the process. That is how you are doing what you do. It's the behavior. It's the style of communication. It's um, what you're doing and how you're doing it. So when a person who's done love withdrawal comes back toward you because you didn't chase them, you stood still. You didn't pull away. You didn't have a wobbly. You just stood still quietly for days, for weeks if you need to, for longer. When they come back, you say, we need to talk about what you did. You pulled away. You withdrew from me. You didn't tell me why. And that behavior is very hurtful. I don't like it. I would appreciate you sitting down and talking to me about what's going on. 
See the difference in the how, the process? Then once they agree to sit down and start talking, then you can use the communication skills to talk about what it is that happened. You can go back to the podcast that is on um, my list of podcasts, and it's called Communication Basics. But you have to call the behavior of the love withdrawal first and then be able to talk about what happened. So the dance of intimacy is can happen for a bunch of different reasons. One is that fear of intimacy. One is the fear of rejection, fear of getting hurt. Another is a fear of commitment. When I've committed before, um, someone left me or uh, there's always this phenomenon that some people have that the grass is always greener on the other side, so they don't want to commit to this relationship because something better might come along, and they want to be free in case that comes along, so they're afraid to commit to this one. Um, so that can make them do love withdrawal too. Another reason why people do love withdrawal is some people get flooded with emotions, and they have absolutely no idea how to deal with them. So instead of trying to communicate, they pull away and shut up. And it's often a sign that they don't have the tools in their tool belt that they need to talk about what's going on for them. So that podcast that you would deal with is go back to the podcast called Standing in Your Truth, and it will help you figure out what you feel and how to state what you're feeling. So instead of getting flooded and doing love withdrawal on someone, you learn how to say what's going on. So this love withdrawal thing that we're talking about creates a lot of anger on both sides. Everybody gets afraid. Everybody gets hurt. And it becomes a lot of unresolved anger. And unresolved anger leads to resentment. And that resentment can really build and can destroy relationships. So it's important that you learn how to do this differently. All right. So... Let's look at the idea that when somebody is doing love withdrawal on you, and instead of you chasing after them and and apologizing and trying to make it go away and uh, yelling and screaming and getting them to talk, you call the behavior. So you, let's say, I mean, a real typical example that I hear all the time is um, we had an altercation, somebody hurt somebody's feelings, somebody said something the other one didn't like, and he or she stormed off into the other room and refused to talk and now is giving me the cold shoulder and won't look at me and won't talk. And, and I, this will go on for at least X number of time. And it's so funny because people tend to do it for about the same time every time, for a half an hour or three hours or three days or two weeks. They do their love withdrawal for their amount of time that they need to regroup. So let's say that's happening to you. You call the behavior. And you say, look, you're, you're being silent, you're pulling away, and it's not good communication. I really want to understand what you're feeling. I want to hear what's going on, but you have to be willing to talk to me. If they won't or they can't, you have to remember that someone has to meet you part way. You can't make them open their mouth and discuss something with you. You can beg, plead, argue, cajole, And it's not going to make them open up and start talking. So when you say to them, your love withdrawal is hurting me, and I would really rather we talk about this, one of the things I want you to do is to stop and say, am I safe for my person to talk to? If 
my child or my spouse or whoever is pulling away from me, have I tried to make it safe for you to talk and tell me what you're feeling? That's important because you can say to them, look, we can work anything out. We can talk about anything. Uh, we love each other. We're family. We're friends. We're, um, you're my spouse. We can talk about anything. And I will try to really deeply listen and hear what you're feeling, and we can talk it out. That's trying to create that place of safety that the person can come and talk to you and not do the love withdrawal. So think about this. We're, we're looking at why people do love withdrawal. It means they're afraid. Remember, you can go back to the podcast on love and fear. When people are feeling calm and comfortable, they're much more able to communicate. When they get afraid, they start to do all these illusions of safety. Love withdrawal is an illusion of safety. If I pull away, shut up, shut down, push you away, then I don't have to feel this pain. Whether it's anger or disgust or manipulation, I want you to let me have my way. Whatever the reason is you're doing love withdrawal or your other person's doing love withdrawal, it's their illusion of safety that it's going to fix the problem. Either they're going to get their way or they're going to come back and pretend like nothing happened. So it's fear. When someone's doing love withdrawal, they are afraid. When someone we love is afraid, the best thing we can do is try to make it safe. Let them know you care about them, that you can work anything out. We can talk through anything. So we're going to take go to break. And when we come back, I want to give you some very specific skills for how to talk to somebody who's doing love withdrawal on you. And let's see if we can start to heal this a little bit. So we're going to go to break, and we'll come back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are listening to the song called Stargazer. It's from Randy McGinnis's Native American flute album called Freedom's Hope. It's a beautiful album that is so relaxing. I want to thank Randy McGinnis for allowing us to use his music on my show. Uh, one of the reasons I put it on here is because we all need something that's more peaceful, more relaxing and healing to sleep, to meditate, to get quiet, and to find out who we are. So thank you, Randy McGinnis, for allowing us to use your music. Today we are talking about love withdrawal. And before I go into teaching you how to deal with somebody who's doing love withdrawal, let's talk about some of the things that happen. I want to share a story with you that my mom and I, before my mom died about a year and a half ago, um, but we used to laugh about this as I was older, not when I was a teenager. But my mom and I got into this big old discussion about sex one time. I was about 20, and we got into this big discussion, and she did not like what I said. Now, you have to remember, this is, you know, back in, uh, let me see how old, the 70s. So I'm talking to her about sex and our belief about how sex was in the 70s, and my mom, who was raised Baptist and Southern and very differently than we were raised in the 70s, um, got really mad at me. And I remember she slammed out of the room, and she was slamming cupboard doors. Anytime I walk in the room, a door would slam. She'd turn away and not talk to me. And she kept this up for about three days. 
And I remember just watching her have this wobbly and feeling this gamut of emotions from feeling terrible that I had disappointed my mother talking to her about something she didn't agree with or believe in and making her angry and feeling rejected like, you know, you you don't want to disappoint your mom, but part of me was mad and angry that she was acting like that. And then there was this third-party observer in me that was standing back watching her have this wobbly every time I walked into the room. And later on, you know, as we were, I was older and, you know, in my 40s talking to her about this, uh, she would laugh and she'd say, you know, I I remember that. I was having a total temper tantrum for days. And I said, well, were you trying to change how I felt or what I believed? And she said, no, yes. <laughs> we just laughed about it because she didn't know what she was doing. She just knew she was mad and she didn't know how to handle it. And she also knew that I was pretty strong in my belief about what I felt about birth control and things like that, that I, I thought, you know, her very, very conservative views were not what we all believed in that time. And she wanted me to change, but she didn't know how to, so she was going to try and manipulate me into it. But that was a very painful incident of love withdrawal, and it's a type of thing that can happen between two people that care about each other. In this day and age, we see people fight about all sorts of stuff. Take the political climate that's out there. We had a caller call in and and say that um, there's a love withdrawal thing happening with two differing political views, and we see that all the time. We don't all believe the same, whether it's about relationships or politics or sex or um, money, what you drive, what you don't drive. Um, we all have different beliefs, and all our different beliefs go to make up the world. So and I bet there isn't a person you don't know that hasn't felt a withdrawal from a friend because your political views differ from their political views. Um, some people I've known have gotten off of Facebook because they feel like it has cost them relationships because they don't believe the same way as someone else. So look at all the reasons that people pull away from each other. They get mad. They get hurt. They don't believe the same things. They want you to believe like they believe. Um, and so they pull away. So the whole idea that we can change a relationship or manipulate it by withdrawing from that person is a very basic, undeveloped method of communication. It is a style of communication, but it is not a healthy one. So what if you are an introvert and you can't stand any kind of conflict and it's easier for you to pull away, shut up, walk away, pretend like nothing's wrong? Maybe you need to learn how to figure out what your truth is and how to stand in your truth. Now, don't misunderstand me. Sometimes practicing silence is very good. Now, I'm talking about quiet silence, not pissy silence. There's a difference between that pissy silence of love withdrawal where the person's really having a silent wobbly, and you can tell it's all over their face, it's on their behavior, like my mom was slamming the cabinet doors when I walked into the room. There might be giving someone the silent treatment, but there's pissy silence wrapped all around it. I'm talking about sometimes we choose not to engage in a conflict, and we practice quiet silence, calm silence. We don't engage. There have been times I have said to friends, I don't want to engage in a political conversation with you because we have different beliefs, and I don't want to have that controversy with you. It will get neither of us anywhere. 
So I will, I will say, I don't want that. And there are times that people start to have a conflicted political discussion, and I will simply practice silence and not engage in it because it's not what I choose to do at that moment. So stop and say, am I being silent because it's healthy, or am I being silent to punish and manipulate, and because I'm afraid to talk, or I have absolutely no idea how to talk, what to do about it. So... When somebody is doing love withdrawal on you, the first thing you want to do is you want to stand still. Don't go chasing after them. Don't go apologizing. Don't um, cajole and scream and yell and uh, demand that they come back and talk to you. Recognize that they may need to extract themselves from the situation for a little bit to calm down. And that is one of the very first healthy behaviors that you can do. Let's say you're a person who does love withdrawal because you like to pull away and tune everything out and you don't know how to communicate and you're mad and you don't like conflict. So one of the first things you can do is you can look at the other person and say, look, I need to walk away and regroup. I need some time to think about this. Uh, I'm just going to say things I don't mean. Um, I'm really angry at the moment. Or I'm really hurt. I need to regroup. Give me some time to think and I will come back. Give me a day or two. Give me 30 minutes. Give me 10 minutes. Whatever it is you think you need to go think and calm down. That is not love withdrawal. That's asking for a break, for a time out. And that's healthy. If you're the person that someone's asking that of, be gracious and say, sure, I just need you to truly come back when you say you will. Because if they say, I'll be back in half an hour, and then they never show up, there's another violation of trust. So give each other that space but you have to ask for it and say that I'm not, I'm not pulling away. I'm not doing love withdrawal. I'm just asking for what I need to regroup. So that's a healthy thing. You, you recognize that you need to go think. The next thing that you do is if somebody has done love withdrawal to you, you stop, you stand still, you don't chase after them, and you say, what am I feeling? Well, we got into this discussion about politics or we got into this conflict um, or I was late and hurt their feelings, or whatever it is you did, and they pulled away. So stop and think about that. What was my behavior as part of this scenario? You might not even know. Um, I had a friend who stopped talking to me for over a year and wouldn't tell me why he was angry. I never knew, never found out. He just acted like he stopped loving me, stopped talking to me, um, and then decided to come back around and, and want to be a friend again. And, and it's like, well, wait a minute, what happened? But didn't want to talk about it. That violates a trust that makes you pull away because that can happen again sometime. So we need people to say to us what's happening in the relationship we have, whether it's a boss or a lover or a parent or a child. We need them to say, I'm pulling away for a while because. All right, so... Once you've pulled away or have been pulled away from, that's your cue to stop and take a look at yourself. If you do love withdrawal, ask for the time available to think about what you need. Walk away and say, what am I feeling? Now, this is where you can listen to that podcast on how to stand in your truth. So you walk away, you get quiet, and you say, what is my truth here? I'm angry or I'm hurt or I feel 
my trust has been violated, whatever it is you're feeling is fine, but you have to ask yourself, and then the real key that I teach you in Stand in Your Truth is then you have to answer yourself. What are you feeling? Then the next part of that is how can I communicate that without doing the undeveloped manipulative love withdrawal that just creates more pain? How can I go back to that person and say, okay, can we talk? Then what you need to do is use the communication skills that allow you to go back and forth and really, really hear each other. Those basic communication skills are taught in the podcast that I did called Communication Basics. Then there's another podcast called Conflict Resolution. You can listen to that one as well. And that's going to give you a lot of the skills to use instead of trying to use love withdrawal to make your point or get your way or stop the conflict. Love withdrawal is destructive. I hope you're really getting that point. All right. So if you're doing the dance of intimacy with somebody and pulling away, going hot and cold, hot and cold, that's love withdrawal. If you are doing the emotional blackmail of pulling away and silent treatment to get your way, that's love withdrawal. If you are trying to discipline your children by acting like you don't love them or you're pulling away or you're silent and you're slamming things, That's love withdrawal. That's not positive, proactive discipline. It's not communication in a relationship. It is not healthy. It creates more conflict, not less conflict. So you've got to really stop and say, do I do love withdrawal on other people? Am I in any kind of relationship where someone does love withdrawal on me? And how do I feel when they do that? I hear in my office all the time, and have for 30 plus years, that there is a lot of love withdrawal in families. There's a lot of family drama where somebody decides they're angry at the other person and they're just not going to love them anymore. They're not going to talk to them. They're not going to fight it out. They're not going to say you hurt my feelings. They're just going to act like you don't matter to them. I hear families that are estranged for years and it's extremely painful to everybody involved. And it, it touches on this word, that I have. I have a a very powerful word that comes to my mind all the time. And when we come back from break, I'm going to teach you what that word is and how we can learn to incorporate incorporate that into dealing with love withdrawal and dealing with good communication. So we're going to take a break and we'll come back for the last segment of the show. You are listening to the song called True North from Randy McGinnis' CD called Freedom's Hope. Beautiful Native American flute music by a Native American award winner. Many, many awards. He's played all over the world, played for thousands upon thousands of people, and he's an incredible musician and a great healer. He's just a wonderful man. So listen to his music, the CD Freedom's Hope, and that was True North. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and we are coming back to our, do our final segment on how to deal with love withdrawal. Love withdrawal when it happens in your relationship, with your friends, with your family, with your spouse, with your boss. It doesn't matter who is pulling away when they get scared. If it's happening to you or if you're the one who does love withdrawal on people, this is a really important show for you to listen to because love withdrawal is destructive. It creates more conflict, it hurts people deeply, and it destroys relationships. And I told you when we came back from break that I was going to give you my theme word. And this is a theme word that I've had 
for quite a while. Um, my husband of 39 years, Richard, died of a terminal brain disease called behavioral variant frontal temporal de- degeneration, FTD, be- behavioral variant FTD. And as Rich was getting sicker and sicker, and I would see things happen by people around us, either friends or family, um, see people inadvertently hurting Rich or hurting me. Um, and I started to think over and over again that that was unnecessary. And unnecessary became my theme word. And so often I see things that people do to each other, and what pops into my head is, wow, that was unnecessary. And so I have tried to use that as a bit of a mantra for myself. If I'm going to say or do something, I want to ask myself, is it necessary? Is it important? Like, is it to save someone's life or to create, keep something horrible and bad from happening? Then, yeah, it's necessary. Um, does, is my opinion needed here or do I need to speak up or change something or whatever? Is it necessary? Because so much of what I see people do in relationships in families um, is unnecessary. And it's a really good thing to stop and say to yourself. So let's look at that word in relation to the idea of love withdrawal. If you are a person who is withdrawing and pulling your love away and giving someone the silent treatment of the cold shoulder or not telling them how you feel or, you know, just disappearing and not letting them know what you're thinking or what you need, is it necessary Are you doing that to protect your heart? Do you think you're helping the relationship? Is it necessary? Or is the behavior that you're doing unnecessary? Because so much of love withdrawal is unnecessary. If you have the communication skills and the abilities to stop and say what you feel, what you need, what you're thinking, what boundaries you want to set, then It's not necessary to do love withdrawal. It becomes unnecessary. So let's let's make sure everybody knows the proper way, the healthy way to try and communicate. So pick a relationship that has love withdrawal in it. Your significant other, your boss, your friend, your sister, pick something. And first off, you notice that love withdrawal is happening. If this is a relationship you care about, if it means something to you, then you say to that person, hey, something's going on. Let's work on this. Let's fix it. Let's talk. Um, Let's see what's happening. I'm listening. You try to make it as safe as possible to do that. So if you're the one that is watching someone do love withdrawal, say to them, I'd like to hear what you're feeling, and I will try to listen deeply and make it safe for you to talk to me. If you are the one that does love withdrawal, you can go back to the other person and say, I'd I'd really like to work on telling you how I feel. I'm not good at it. I need to practice. But I need you to deeply listen because um, I tend to do love withdrawal because it's unsafe. And I need you to not yell and scream at me or I need you to listen. And I need us to use good communication skills. Will you listen to Dr. Bay's podcast on communication and conflict resolution. Will you listen to those with me so we can learn how to do it? So you are asking for what you need and you are attempting not to do the love withdrawal. You're saying to yourself, this love withdrawal is unnecessary if I have the skills to handle this. 
Now, let's say that you go to the other person and say, I really want to talk to you about what's happening. And all they do is get defensive and they scream and yell and you can't get a word in edgewise and you can't talk and they, they tell you you're wrong constantly. And you go, this is why I pull away because I can't talk to you. That's different than love withdrawal. When you say, I would like to talk to you, but I have to know that you're going to listen, you go back to communication basics. You go back to how to speak to somebody. And instead of doing pissy, silent love withdrawal, you say, look, I am going to pull away here because I am. this is not healthy communication and I don't want to engage with you like this. That's different. That's setting a boundary as opposed to pissy, silence, pulling away, manipulating with love withdrawal. You hear the difference? One is healthy and setting a boundary, and the other one is pissy silence, which makes you look like you're manipulating. Okay, so when you say, let's talk about this, I don't want to do love withdrawal, you are immediately going to be elevating your level of development because a really developed person doesn't do quiet, withdrawal, silence, and not talking to each other. They say what's going on. Even if it's, look, I need to pull in and reevaluate for a while. I'm struggling with something. I'm trying to figure it out. In a really healthy relationship, the other person might say, talk to me. Did I hurt you? Are you angry at me? Let's talk about what happened so we can work it out. That's good communication. So love withdrawal often happens in relationships that don't have a safety factor, that they don't have good communication skills so they really feel heard, they don't have the conflict resolution skills to take a difficult situation and work it through to conclusion. Let's go back to the example of two friends that are fighting about politics. If they have good communication, they can agree to disagree. They can say, you know, you've got your opinions and I have mine. We can argue all we want, but we're not going to change how each other feels. So let's agree to put it away and and agree to disagree. I have some relationships that we just don't talk politics because we feel very differently. And I don't want to have a relationship like that with somebody. I would rather enjoy the music we do or the, um, the stuff we do that's fun. So we agree not to discuss that area of conflict. And that's okay, too. You're communicating. You are setting boundaries for your relationship in a way that makes them work. The love withdrawal I see that is most destructive is between significant others, between spouses, um, significant relationships. Those are destroyed by love withdrawal because the love withdrawal engenders fear and distance and anger and resentment and creates much more conflict. Even when a person comes back to the one doing the love withdrawal and apologizes and grovels and begs to be forgiven and come back to me, they don't feel good about what they're doing and how they're doing that. It doesn't empower them. It doesn't enhance the relationship. Everybody feels horrible after that happens. And it doesn't make the relationship stronger. It makes the relationship weaker. So the, the kind of the bottom line here that I want to sum up with is love withdrawal is destructive and hurtful. It ruins relationships. It harms other people. And it creates tension and pain in the world. So be brave. Let this show allow you to take a look at yourself 
do you do love withdrawal? If someone else does love withdrawal to you and you would like to save the relationship and fix it, ask them if they'll listen to this show with you. And I'll give you a piece of advice. Don't be pointing your finger at them every two seconds going, you do that. That's what you do. That's not productive. Let them listen. Maybe they, at some point they'll say, wow, that is what I do to you. It's, I am doing that, and I didn't mean to. I didn't know. I didn't know how. I don't really know how to do it differently. Then ask if they'll listen to communication basics with you, if they'll listen to standing in their truth, if they'll listen to conflict resolution. Those are all free podcasts. You can go to the Anchor app, um, A-N-C-H-O-R app on your phone, or on your computer, anchor.fm. Type in Dr. Patricia Bay, Therapy in a Nutshell. You can also go to KCNR. Um, 1460.com and look in the archives and click on my shows. And you can also access the podcasts through iTunes and Spotify. It's all free. It's help out there for everybody to see if you can try to make your relationships move in the right direction. We want to be better parents. We want to be better spouses. You want to be better with your employees um, or your superiors at work. You want to communicate in a way that shows you are developed and healthy. So if I'm getting any point across during this show, it is that love withdrawal hurts. Love withdrawal is destructive, creates more conflict, and ruins relationships. It doesn't keep bad things from happening. It creates more bad things. So I hope you're getting the point of it. So as we end this show, I I want you to take a good hard look at yourself. I want you to bring better communication skills to yourself, to your relationships. I want you to feel like you are growing and developing and doing what we came here on our school to do, and that's to learn how to love. We need to learn how to love ourselves, love others, and love that place we came from. So this show is about how to do that, how to love others in your life better. So thank you so much for tuning in. Go to my podcast and access them and get some free help. Pass them on and share them with anybody that you think might benefit. Because what I'm doing with this show, Therapy in a Nutshell, and what KCNR is doing and putting this out to the world is we're really trying to help heal people. So as we close this show, I want you to listen to some really beautiful music by Randy McGinnis. It is a song called Love, and it's about what our hearts do. What are we trying to do here on earth? We're trying to love. And it's not always easy, is it? Sometimes it's complicated and sometimes it's scary. So bring your best self to the table. Take a good, hard look at yourself and see if you can try to be better. I'm Dr. Patricia Bay, and you've been listening to Therapy in a Nutshell. And now as we close the show and you listen to the song Love from Freedom's Hope by Randy McGinnis, help me heal the world one hour at a time.
The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice.